Good morning, everyone. You will be opening your Bibles to John chapter 5. We'll be there in just a few moments. John chapter 5. While you're turning there, I want to thank everyone for being here this morning. We do have those that are visiting here. We want you to know you're an honored guest. And if this is your first time visiting here, we want you to know we are especially glad that you have come to worship with us this morning. If you have any questions about what we do here at Monta Vista, please don't hesitate to ask any of us. We would love to study with you. And I also want to thank the elders for giving me this opportunity to speak to you this morning. I really appreciate them trusting me to speak to you this morning. When I was in sixth grade, I dislocated my elbow. How that happened, that's a different story. So mom took me to urgent care and had to wait in this lovely waiting room for an hour. And me being the 11 year old that I was, I was full of energy. I could not sit still. So mom told me, if I just sit still, I can go get Wendy's. So I was like, okay, I'll just sit, st sit still. So we finally get called back into the waiting room and the nurse is asking me questions, asking mom questions. Me, I just, I, you know me, I love technology, all the cool gadgets and stuff. I'm just asking questions and at this point, I'm sure the nurse just had enough of me because she just popped my arm back into place without even telling me. So after that, I was just quiet, you know, and I had to wear one of these lovely things for about a week. It was not fun sleeping in that. So <clears throat> why did I tell you that story? Well, when we're sick or when we're injured, we go see a doctor or a physician. For the first lesson this morning, I want to talk to you about the greatest physician, and that is Jesus, who is the greatest physician to ever walk on this earth. So if you would, turn to John chapter 5. And for this morning, I want to look at five stories of when Jesus healed people. And the first one I want to look at is when Jesus heals the man at Bethsaida. So let's turn to John chapter 5, and we'll read verses 1 through 15 of John chapter 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in, is in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool, which called in Hebrew, Bethsaida, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in the water first, after the stirring of water, was made well of whatever diseased he had. Now a certain man was there who had infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him laying there, he knew that he already been in that condition a long time. And he asked him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. But while I am coming down, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, Who was cured? It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. They then asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed 
did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. All right, so the first thing we see here is that Jesus is in Jerusalem. And there is a ton of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed. <clears throat> but Jesus noticed a certain man in verse 5. So the sickness that this man had, he had infirmity for 38 years. I don't know about you, I've only been alive for 20, but 38 years is a pretty long time to be sick. And I looked at what the sickness is, and it is a physical or mental weakness. And then we see verse 6, Jesus asked him if he wanted to be made well. Now let me stop and ask you this. If Jesus was to ask you this question, if you want to be made well today, what would your answer be? Just something to think about there. And then the answer that this man had, he's like, well, I have nobody to put me into the water when the water is stirred. How am I going to get down? But little did this guy know he was about to get healed. He didn't know he was... He probably woke up that morning and said, I'm still going to be here, laying here, paralyzed. <clears throat> but in verse 8, Jesus told him to rise and take up his bed. And this is where this man, man's day got better because he got up and walked. A man who was laying there for 38 years, couldn't do much, was finally able to walk and go to his house. And then, in verse 14, we see Jesus talking to him, saying, See, you've been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. You know, we could see in this story how we could apply it to us. Once we are Christians, we have to remain faithful. We have to stay true to God's word. Because if we don't, we're going to head to a consequence that we don't want. The second story I want to look at is when Jesus heals the blind. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, let's look at verses 27 through 31 of Matthew chapter 9. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus said to him, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him all in that country. So what do we see here in these verses? We have two blind men that can't see. And they see Jesus. They're crying to Jesus. <clears throat> the, the, have mercy. They want to see. I mean, I'm sure we all want to see. Because, you know, for example, if we want to drive, we have to see, right? We can't drive if we're blind. So Jesus asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? 
And they gave Jesus a smart answer, and they said yes. So because they believed, Jesus touched their eyes, and their eyes were open. But Jesus told them, and he's, I'm sure Jesus probably strictly told them that no one knows it. But they did the complete opposite of what Jesus told them to do. They went out and told everybody. You know, I'm that kind of person, like, you know, if you tell me a secret or something, yeah, it might not be it. Dad's even chicken said no. If you tell me something, it might not stay that long. Like, it was hard when I was getting my first truck not to tell my mom that I was getting the truck, and that's a different story for another time. But, you know, if we're healed, you know, if something good happens, we want to rejoice. You know, we want to say, oh, look, what happened here or what happened there? We want to be happy and rejoice. But if someone tells us to keep our mouth shut, it's probably a good idea to keep your mouth shut. You know, Dad told me a long time ago, sometimes he still tells me to this day, but not as much. If It's better to keep your mouth shut than to say nothing at all. Because if you say something, your actions can have consequences and it can lead you into more trouble than you already are. <clears throat> the third story I want, to, want us to look at is when Jesus heals a paralytic. Go to chapter, or stay in chapter 9, but let's go to verse 1. Let's look at verses 1 through 8 of Matthew chapter 9. So he got on a boat, crossed over, and came into his own city. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. At once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemous. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to arise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. So we see that Jesus is on a boat here. And he went to his city. And we see in verse 2, Jesus, they brought Jesus a paralytic, and he's laying on a bed, just like the same scenario that we had with the man at Bethsaida. He's laying there, sick, paralyzed. And Jesus saw how their faith was. Like, just like the song that Brother Mike led us in. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He knows what's going on with all of us. And he tells them, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. Now, not only was he healed physically, but he was healed spiritually. Now, do you think in verse 3, some of the scribes were jealous? They were referring to Jesus as blasphemous. They didn't believe, oh, Jesus can't do this. Well, they were wrong. <clears throat> but in verse 4, Jesus says, why do you think evil in your hearts? Let me ask you this. Why do, why do people think evil today? People that don't believe, they always have evil thoughts. They, you know, they don't want to obey the law. They don't want to do what God says. But then we see in verses 5 and 6, this is where we see Jesus. This is where we see his power of healing right here. He then tells the, the paralytic the same thing he told the man in John chapter 5. Arise up, take your bed, 
and go to your house. And then, in verse 7, he does exactly that. He gets up and he walks and goes to his house. And then we see the multitudes rejoicing. We, they've, they rejoice in that this man was healed. Just like when we see someone get baptized, like Daisy's husband, Wednesday night. Everyone was rejoicing that another soul was saved. The fourth story I want to look at is when Jesus heals the nobleman's son. Go back to John chapter 4, if you would. John chapter 4, and let's look at verses 46 through 53 of John chapter 4. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out to, of Judea into Galilee, he, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed, and his whole household. Now, a lot just happened in these eight verses. So what do we see in these eight verses? Well, we see that the nobleman's son, he was near death. He begged Jesus to come down and heal his son. Well, Jesus told him, unless you believe and see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And then we see in verse 49, he is still begging Jesus to come down and heal his son. And then we see in verse 50, Jesus told him, go your way, your son lives. The man believed what Jesus spoke and his son was healed. Now, in verse 53, this is where I think the story gets really good. Because his whole household believed after this. Sometimes it can take one little small thing to spark something in someone's mind. You know, you have a person that's not a Christian. You could say one small thing in order for them to believe. And then you start bringing them to church. They hear the word more. And then they start to believe more and then they come to the point where they are baptized. <clears throat> we need to be examples to others. And we need to always spread the word about Jesus Christ. Because, like I said, if we share the word, we can get others saved. And we can have more people go to heaven with us. Now, the last point I want to talk to you this morning is probably the most important topic... And that is Jesus heals sinners. Go to Mark chapter 2, if you would. 
Mark chapter 2. And we'll look at verses 15 through 17. Now it happened as he was dining at, in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for they were many, and they followed him. And the, when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats, with eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Notice that he says those who are well don't need a physician. You know, you don't go to a doctor for no reason, right? You don't go because, oh, I just want to go see a doctor for fun. No. You go to a doctor or a physician because you have a broken bone or health problems, any problems that you might have. But he came to call sinners to repentance. So if you have sin in your life, you can be healed. You can be healed by the blood of Jesus Christ. But don't wait any longer. Life can be taken from us. We need to make sure that if we have sin in our life, it needs to be taken care of today. We are not guaranteed to live tomorrow. Jesus looked at sin as a disease, but his message is the cure. The question is though, what about you? Are you spiritually ill? You know, Jesus truly is the great physician. We live in some uncertain times, but we have been blessed here at Monta Vista this year. We've had many souls saved. We've had many come to the Lord for the first time had many come back to the Lord. And maybe there's here someone, here's somebody this morning that needs to do that. If you're not a Christian, you have not yet been healed. Jesus died on the cross for you and I to save us from sin, but you have to make that commitment. I was watching a video of R.J. Stevens, and he said, without commitment, we can't do anything very well. And that is, that's stuck with me for the last couple of weeks putting this lesson together, and I'm like, you know what, that actually goes really well. We have to be committed once we are baptized. That way we can stay on the path that we need to be and get to heaven. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, confess his name to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And once you do that, be faithful until death. And then you'll be raised to walk in newness of life. Or maybe if you are a Christian and you haven't been living faithful, maybe you've wandered off the path that you should be. Let me tell you this. You can be healed this morning. The great physician is always near. So if we can help you in any way this morning, please come as we stand and sing.